Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark, and I get the honor and the privilege of being the pastor here at Lux Digital Church. Let's get some amens in chat, and thank you to Janie, who is willing to lead us in prayer tonight. And also, when you're doing the amens, let's throw a couple of fives in chat. Fives here at Lux is our way of clapping because, well, you can't clap, but it's our way of just applauding. Give some fives in chat for our dream team, uh, many of which are here in the stream tonight serving with you guys. Uh, Piglet, amen. It's good to see you, Piglet. Thank you for stopping by and welcome. I know this is your first time with us tonight or your first time commenting. Thank you for the comment. We have a dream team here at Lux that serves week in, week out, leading Bible studies, leading small groups, walking people into the Discord, running commands, um, serving on our prayer team and praying faithfully for your prayer requests every single week. And they are amazing. We had a meetup with our dream team last Thursday and there was, I think like 15 or 18 of us who gathered together. There's about 30 people total who are on the team. And it was just so cool because after we got done, we then broke down. We had this meeting. We broke down into rooms and there was a bunch of rooms with your dream team in those rooms praying for you, praying for the future of our church, getting our year started outright. I love using the entire month of January to prep, not just the first day of January, not just the first week of January, but the entire month of January to prep and get ready for what it is that God is going to do in the next year. And this week, the last week of January is really the icing on the cake for us here at Lux as we're going to be diving in to a week of prayer and fasting together. But before we dive into that, let me just welcome you here. If you're new and you're a first time guest, here with us tonight. Maybe you just stopped by. I just saw that Scam Bader Steely just stopped in. Thank you for the follow. Um, if you're here tonight for the first time, if you've never said hello in our chat, I just want to encourage you when you feel comfortable, drop a hello in the chat. All we want to do is say thank you for joining us tonight and welcome you into our family. If you click the follow button tonight, all that we're going to do is send you a DM on Discord tomorrow, inviting you to come and join us in Discord. That's where we are 24-7. If you're not in our Discord server, you're not participating there, you're likely missing out on almost 80, probably 80% or more of what it really means to be part of the Lux Digital Church family. We'd love to have you come over on Discord. If you're listening in later on as part of our on-demand family over on YouTube or on our podcast, then in the description of this episode or video is a link to our Discord. You can visit discord.gg slash Lux Digital Church. We'd love to have you come over as part of our on-demand family and, and join our very real daily rhythms of doing life together and praying together and gaming together and hanging out in those things, please come and join us on Discord this week. I know it can be a lot to learn a new app, and I know Discord can be a little bit overwhelming, but when you get used to it, I promise it's a really rewarding experience. We hope that you'll come and be part of our community this week. Tonight, we are in part four of a 12-week collection of talks called Leave Everything, where we've been examining the life and the ways of Jesus and asking a pretty important question, and that is, what is it really mean to follow Jesus. If we claim to be Christians and we claim to be followers of Jesus, the world is very critical of the church for claiming to be followers of Jesus, but not really exemplifying many of the qualities that Jesus seemed to see as important and exemplified in his own life. And so we've been asking just some really important questions about what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? And we've explored many of those things over the past three weeks. We've looked at leaving behind things in 2022 to follow Jesus more fully and passionately in 2023. 
2023. We've stopped. We've taken a look at what it means to be salt in light. Last week, Chino brought an amazing message on what it means to rest in the presence of God and to take on that light and easy yoke when following Jesus. Tonight, we're diving in to spiritual rhythms and spiritual disciplines and why those are so important and central to the our lives as followers of Jesus because they were part of the life of Jesus and he set an example for them in his day-to-day life. If you like what you're hearing tonight and you'd like to hear more about the four central spiritual rhythms of our church, then I'm going to encourage you to go over to YouTube at some point in this next week and go back to one year ago in January of 21 when we did a series for four weeks on spiritual rhythms called and you guessed it, rhythms. And I would love for you to go back and check out those videos because they're really going to dive deep, deeper into some of the things that I'm only going to touch on tonight. And this spiritual series, this or this series on following Jesus has been the kickoff and the launch of a year-long emphasis here at Lux. We're focusing in on who Jesus was and what Jesus taught and what didn't Jesus say and how did Jesus pray and how did Jesus lead. And we're looking over the next 12 months, focusing in on the person of Jesus. Because here's the thing, church, Jesus is really ultimately what it's all about. We have a key statement in each series, and it's the series, the, the, the statement of the question that links all of our messages together in a collection of talks. And this one is this, being a follower of Jesus means following Jesus. And, and I've said every week, and I will say every week in the series, this is a painfully obvious, almost ridiculously stupid statement for me to even have in our message. Being a follower of Jesus means actually following Jesus. But it's so important because it is the obvious or the clear or the known things that we so obviously often neglect or forget. And we need consistent reminders. Sometimes we get confused and think, well, being a Christian just means going to church or being a Christian means being good or being a Christian means not cussing or being a Christian means X, Y, or Z. But being a Christian means actually imitating, following after, and just pouring ourselves into being like Jesus was. And you can't be like Jesus if you don't know how Jesus was. And to be honest with you, if you look at the life of the church today, especially maybe the most public-facing pieces of the church, they don't look a whole lot like Jesus. They look like some mix of sort of a religion and what the world values sometimes. I'm not trying to be critical of the church. I'm just saying, like, that's in me too, and that's in you. And so instead of pointing the finger at people that maybe don't look like Jesus that we see, we have to examine our own lives and say, what part of my life as a follower of Jesus doesn't really look much like Jesus. And then we got to make changes to those things. And that's what this series is all about. So tonight, like I said, we're diving into the concept of spiritual rhythms. And spiritual rhythms are something that you're going to hear a lot about here at Lux. Our dream team very regularly talks about their regular spiritual rhythms of reading their Bible or praying or spending time with the Lord or spending time in community or being in small group. I talk about my daily rhythms very frequently. Here's the thing that we know at Lux is that it's not that you don't have rhythms. If you don't form rhythms intentionally, you will gather them unintentionally and rhythms ultimately make up our life. The things that become rhythms in our life ultimately dictate and direct our life. And we choose to be intentional about our rhythms to direct our lives towards purpose and intentionality and fulfillment instead of directing our lives towards drifting and purposelessness and wandering. We want our lives to have meaning and purpose and intention. We want to be fulfilled. We want to drink the marrow out of life. We want to live life and live it to the 
the full as Jesus promised it to us, not just wandering and surviving, but truly thriving. And that only happens through intentional rhythms in our life, which is why this year I bought a planner. Got, I, I was going to bring, because I put these really cool Star Wars stickers on it this week. I know, I'm like a child, but I put cool Star Wars stickers on it. I got this new planner this year, and I've been loving this thing. It's this little section in this planner that just has a place for me to, to write out what my rhythms are, my rhythms of waking up at a certain time and reading my Bible and getting a little exercise in, doing a morning stretch of drinking enough water, of getting some prayer time in, of getting to sleep at the right time. These daily rhythms that I try to make part of my life because I want my life to have direction and meaning and purpose. And here's the thing. Your spiritual life is the same way. If you want your physical life to have direction and purpose, if you want to get fit, you got to be able to get into rhythms of exercise and eating healthy. If you don't, you will naturally gravitate towards laziness and eating junk. Trust me, this weekend, we had a cabin with my family. I ate pepperoni roll like nine times. I ate like an entire family-sized bag of peanut M&Ms. If left to my own devices, I drift into unhealth. The same is true of our spiritual life. If left to our own devices, we will drift into a lack of health. We will always drift into laziness. We'll always drift away from the things of Jesus. And Jesus set the example of intentionality when it comes to the spiritual rhythms in our life. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, there's lots of spiritual rhythms that we could talk about and spiritual disciplines that can and probably should be part of your life. Things like journaling and silence and solitude, things like meditation. Uh, but there are four that we really emphasize here at Lux and there are dozens and you may have some that are really great for your life and I'm a full support of that but there are four that we really emphasize here at Lux because I have found them to just be central to the fabric of all other disciplines all other disciplines are enhanced by these four all other disciplines are diminished significantly if you don't have these four in your life and those four disciplines that we really emphasize here at Lux are prayer Bible study community and fasting. Now here at the beginning of 2021 or 2023, holy cow, what year is it? 2020 never stopped. Here in the beginning of 2023, we launched our New Testament in a year. Denville's leading us through an amazing Bible study using stuff uh, from the Bible Project over in Discord tonight in the month of January. A new Bible study starts every single month in our Discord that you can come and join if you don't want to read the New Testament in a year with me. You can do one of those monthly Bible studies. So that's happening in our church community. Starts up on February 8th because small groups are kicking back off and we want you to come and get plugged. You might not even think about community as being a spiritual discipline, but trust me, it is. It's not easy to build relationships. It's not easy to connect with people, but it's a rhythm that has to be in our life. We got to be around other believers. We got to be sharpened. We got to be held accountable. We got to grow together. So we hope that you'll go and you'll join a small group that's starting on February 8th. But tonight I'm really going to be focusing in on two and almost only one of these spiritual disciplines, the spiritual discipline of prayer and fasting because they go hand in hand. In fact, one really truly does elevate the other. So we're going to be talking about those two tonight. We're going to dive in first with our conversation around fasting and probably as soon as I bring up fasting, this is this happens every time I bring up fasting, right? Every single time. Every time I bring up fasting, there will always be somebody whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether it's a live stream with how many people are in live stream right now? I I, I can't even tell. How many how many people are here? 
60 people, there's always one or more people that will bring up why you can't fast. Our immediate reaction when we hear about fasting is to talk about why we can't do it, whether we have kids or we have a health concern that makes it impossible for us to fast or whether or not we have too physically a demanding a job. And I just want to be really clear, you should take any of those things into account with the stuff that we're going to talk about today. And there may be very real medical reasons why you cannot fast, but there's also very real spiritual implications for why fasting should be considered as part of your regular spiritual rhythms in your day-to-day life to help enhance and deepen your spiritual connection to Jesus. And we're going to dive in to many of those things tonight. Now, before I dive too far into the scriptures, I just want to say that there's multiple forms of fasting that are out there. And so as we're talking through this tonight, you might be thinking, well, when Mark talks about fasting, he's talking about drinking water and eating nothing else for a long period of time. And we're going to be going through seven days of fasting here at Lux over the next week that I'm going to be asking you to join in and partner with me in that to pray together for some very similar things over the course of the next seven days. And you might be thinking that's the only form of fasting, but there's lots of form of fasting, lots of forms of fasting out there. And they're not just made up forms. They're actually come from the Bible. We're going to talk about those, but let me give you a quick history on fasting and some of the reasons that you may have never heard about it before, even if you grew up inside the church. Because during the Reformation 500 years ago, a group of people left the Roman Catholic Church unintentionally starting the Reformation and beginning a new grouping of churches called the Protestant Church. And from that, we saw guys like Martin Luther and John Calvin and many other reformer leaders who led churches during that area 500 years ago. And from that, eventually was birthed the Evangelical Church. Now, the Evangelical Church doesn't talk much about fasting, and most of the churches that came out of the Reformation did not either. And a lot of that was due to the religious overreach and spiritual abuse of the Roman Catholic Church at the time. See, it wasn't just about fasting, but it was about self-denial and even self-harm that became very popularized in the Roman Catholic Church during the monastic movements. You might have a good example of this if you think, if you ever watched Holy Python and, or Monty Python and the Holy Grail, there's a scene in that movie uh, where there's a grouping of monks who are kind of doing a, a Gregorian chant. They're chanting and they have these boards and they're smacking themselves in the face. Lionhearts, it's good to see you. Smacking themselves in the face over and over again. You kind of get that image, this self-flagellation, this self-abuse, just sort of beating themselves up. That really exemplified part of the monastic movement. So in the Reformation broke away from the Roman Catholic Church and started the Protestant movement. They also broke away from some of these religious overreaches, including self-denial and self-abuse. They were popularized during the monastic movement or sort of like the monks in monasteries of the Roman Catholic Church. Whenever that happened, unfortunately, in some ways, the baby got tossed out with the bathwater and fasting got viewed as sort of an extremist spiritual discipline that the common person shouldn't partake in and shouldn't participate in. It's only in the last handful of years that a lot of churches, especially in the U.S., have seen a resurgence of fasting. We see a lot of churches beginning of the year doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's only been recent that we've seen fasting become more a regular part of the spiritual rhythms of a lot of believers across the globe. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you tonight and to give you two reasons why fasting should be part of your spiritual rhythms if you claim to be a follower 
of Jesus. What denomination is Lux Digital Church? Jedi 42, it's so good to have you here. We are non-denominational Jedi. Uh, I was a, uh, a pastor and worked in the Christian Missionary Alliance Church for a couple of years. I then served at a church outside of Pittsburgh, a non-denominational church for 11 years as the youth pastor and discipleship pastor. And uh, we are affiliated with a handful of churches that are connected to denominations that support our church. But our church itself is a non-denominational church and our base is in the state of Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking that question, Jedi. So to look at the first reason that we should fast, let's take a look at our first of two scriptures tonight. This one comes from Matthew chapter four, starting in verse one and going to verse 11. It says this, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came in and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift uh, uh, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered them, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom, all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Here we come to our first and potentially the most important reason why we should fast. We have not an abominational churches then. Okay, good. Uh, good. I asked. Yes. We also, yes, there are lots of, there are many, many, many non-denominational churches, not affiliated churches in the world, Jedi, many of them. Um, the first reason that we should fast as followers of Jesus is this. Very simple. Jesus fasted. If Jesus fasted and we are to imitate Jesus, if we're to follow him by imitating him and Jesus fasted, then we should fast. In a bit, we'll actually see a passage where it says, when you fast, Jesus said to his disciples, not if you fast, but when you fast. There was an expectation that, not, that Jesus' disciples would fast. And we also see a passage in the scriptures that the disciples did not fast while with him, but there was an expectation that they would fast when he wasn't with them. And so fasting was to be part of the fabric and the nature of the life of believers. Here we see Jesus right after he's baptized, directly before his public ministry. Two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus choosing a couple of disciples amongst fishermen along the Sea of Galilee. This happened just before that. He was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River and then was immediately led in the wilderness. And there, Satan saw him in his weakness, his weakened physical state, and saw an opportunity to tempt him. The devil comes to him and attempts to tempt him with food, his natural desires, his hunger and his urges. He tempts him with power and prestige. He, he tempts him with control and then he tempts him to change his allegiance. He says, I want you to change. I want you to, I want you to challenge and put God to the test to prove your divinity. And each time Jesus turns and says, get away from me, Satan. Here he quotes scripture and we see many of the central spiritual rhythms in play right here through prayer and Bible reading and fasting happening all at the same time. We see these things elevated through the power of fasting. But here's the point that I want to make. When many of us think of fasting, we associate it with weakness. 
Even Satan here in this story associated Jesus' time in the wilderness and fasting with weakness. If his body is weak, his will will be weak. There was a time for me to tempt him and to draw him away from all of the intentions that God has had for his son. This would be the time to do it. But what we find in fasting is through the weakness of our body, we find great spiritual strength. I have fasted many times over the course of the last three or four years when I began adding fasting in as one of my spiritual rhythms. I spent a year fasting one day a week. I have done multiple 21-day fasts. I've done a couple seven-day fasts. I've done a couple one-day and two-day long fasts. I've done retreats where I fasted and meditated and didn't speak for 24 hours. And I will say this, that although each and every one of those fasts were difficult, every one of them was hard, I was glad when every one of them were over. It was also in this place of physical weakness that I experienced abundant spiritual strength. Because fasting doesn't put us in a place of weakness because our body is weak. We learn from this example of Jesus resisting his enemy in the wilderness that fasting puts us in a place of significant spiritual strength. And it's in this place that we experience what I am calling a deep well type of living. Which brings us to the second reason that we fast. Fasting allows us to tap into spiritual strength. Fasting allows us to tap in to, into spiritual strength. There's something that happens when our physical body is being denied that enables our spirit to connect very deeply and intimately with our God. I might sound a little bit mystical or a little bit over the top, and I typically work very hard to ground what the Bible teaches with our reality, both for the sake of those of you who are here tonight who are followers of Jesus and for the sake of those of you who are here tonight who could care less about religion and don't believe there is a God but are interested in the conversation that's going on here at Lux. I try to do my best to ground it, but tonight's message is a little bit loftier. Because I can only tell you that through my own personal experience with fasting, I've experienced something that's a little bit loftier. I've experienced something that's a little bit deeper. In our seasons of fasting, when our physical being is denied, something awakens in our, in our spiritual being. I've experienced this time and time again where a week of fasting doesn't feel like seven days of fasting. It feels like three weeks have gone by. It's like, have you ever gone on vacation and you had so many new experiences that you came back and you're like, man, I was only gone for four days, but it feels like I've been gone for six weeks. Like, wow, it's going to be really hard to get back into the swing of work. I kind of had that experience uh, over this past summer when we went to South Carolina with friends for a couple of days. I really decompressed. I came back. We were only gone for a couple of days. Felt like I had been gone a really long time. Fasting has the same experience. It ends up stretching time. It makes it feel longer. One week can feel like three weeks, but one week can also feel like three years of spiritual growth. Because there's something that happens, once again, in our weakness that allows us to tap into a deeper well. 
There are many things in life that seem important to us that simply fade from the picture, either because we don't have energy to worry about them or it simplifies our life so much that we realize that they're not important. The things that energize us and keep us distracted and keep us running from one form of indulgence to another, the FOMO that fuels us to continue to consume. Whenever we don't take in food, it reminds us that we're finite and we're temporary and we're dependent and we're fleshy. That, that, that this simple thing that we've always had at our fingertips, food, is something that we so desperately need that we're so weak physically without it. And it reminds us that there's something deeper than that within us, and we're not mindless consumption machines. The world tries to convince us that we just need to consume and to consume and to consume, and advertisements convince us that we don't, that we need this or we need that, and we're constantly bombarded with messages about consumption. And this isn't just consumption about the food that we eat, it's about what we take into our eyes, what we take into our ears, and what we let occupy our our minds. We run from distraction to distraction to distraction. And as the world mounts pressure, we become anxious and depressed and overwhelmed. But still, instead of solving them and going to the deep well that is accessible to every single person who knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, we continue to run from one distraction to the next in hopes that it will return peace to our lives. But it always fails to. When we fast, it's this intentional statement that says, I am not just a machine for consumption. I have a spirit that is deeper, a deep well that connects to a father who loves me and communicates with me. And when we fast, we hear his voice so much clearer. There's something that happens when the body gets denied that opens a path for us to connect to the deep spiritual well. So much of the surface thoughts and the surface worries and the surface concerns begin flittering and melting away. They become insignificant when our focus is drawn away from what we can consume and instead is drawn downward and inward to God himself. I'm telling you all that, but I'm just saying this right now. Fasting in all of its goodness is useless without prayer. Fasting, when it is not paired with prayer, is at its best starvation, at its worst self-righteousness. Because if we're fasting just so we can put another notch in the spiritual belt so we can lose some weight or we can claim, look at me, I'm fasting. Here I go. Look at me. I'm fasting. I'm telling you right now, it's not rewarding. It's just starvation. And I tell you that from experience because I fasted before when I've accessed the deep spiritual well and I fasted before and I didn't know why I was fasting. I was just not eating and I've just starved. I've done both. And I can tell you there's times when there's prayer and meditation and reflection and silence and solitude and peace. And there's so much that comes out of it. And the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and nurtures parts of me that I had forgotten needed his attention. And it's spoken to those parts of me and energized me. And I've come out of a season of fasting where you would think I would be exhausted. But instead, I've come out of it energized and ready to go and fired up because I've connected with the Father and there's been times when I've walked out of fasting thinking, man, that was a waste of my time.
Why did I go a week without eating? And let me show you why. Because it's actually the second thing that Jesus teaches us. And I know that I, I probably skipped something here. Probably skipped something here. We're going to go to Matthew 6, 16 through 18. It says this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces and show others to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only your Father, who is unseen, <coughs> and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Here again, Jesus takes our desire to look holy in front of other people and points us to something deeper and something greater. Fasting for other people to see is self-righteousness, and self-righteousness is the most sinister form of pride, and pride has no place in God's kingdom. You can't hope to access the kingdom of God through pride, and so you can't hope to access the kingdom of God through fasting with the intention of self-righteousness. If we're going to fast, it's not for other people to see. It's not so that we have bragging rights. It's so that we can together as a community or you as an individual can seek God for guidance, for connection, to tap back in to the deep spiritual well that exists inside of you. Where the Holy Spirit dwells and he fuels when I talk about this deep spiritual well that exists inside of you, I'm not talking about that, that second level that an athlete taps into to bring a greater performance. It's not something that we generate or something that we come up with. The Bible actually says that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, that God dwells within us when we accept him as Savior and Lord, that he comes into our lives and dwells within us. It's accessing, it's tapping into, it's coming home to the Spirit of God that dwells. It's no longer trying to generate energy. It's no longer running from one quick fix to the other, one hot bath or a quick vacation or something that, or, or a video game fix or another achievement chase down or whatever it is that we're running to that we're trying to get that quick endorphin hit or that quick, you know, if I hear one more person, listen, every time I hear somebody say, I just need an R&R &R day, I just need a me day, I just need a self-care day, what I hear is somebody desperately crying out that says, I need to connect to the deep well. I need to be fed by the Spirit of God because I'm sick and tired of trying to feed myself and coming up short. Every time I hear somebody say, I just need a, I just need a me day, I just need to go to the spa, I just need, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. I'm just saying, when I hear someone say that, what I hear them say is, I'm desperate to be connected to the Father. I need my Father. I'm desperate for Him. I want to connect to Him. I need to know Him. As followers of Jesus, we have access to the Father, the Spirit that dwells within us every single day of our lives in fasting and prayer. Help us to draw attention to those things and silence many of the voices in our life that would distract us and draw us away from them. It's a re-centering and a reconnecting. It's a reorienting our ear to the voice of God. It's listening in to the voice of Jesus in our life. I believe the longing that we share is universal. Every one of us longs for a deeper, more fuller experience. I believe that I've, I've seen this in every person that I've known, follower of Jesus or not, they long for a better world. And I'm a firm believer that that experience, that deep well, that spiritual life 
is accessible to us. I believe that God wants to nurture your heart. I believe he wants you to be able to rest in him. I believe that there's something greater for us. But sometimes we got to silence the distractions and turn our attention back to him. We're going to talk about this big time next week when we talk about eradicating worry at the end of our seven days of prayer and fasting. And so I'm asking you, if you've never fasted before, would you consider fasting and praying with me this week? Over the next seven days, I'm going to be fasting and I'm asking you to consider joining me. Now, I want to be clear that fasting is not the same as abstaining. They're two different spiritual disciplines, and they're close to one another and similar, but they're not the same thing. Abstaining is staying away from social media or the news or uh, video games or something for a period of time. Fasting is intentionally walking away from some element of food or drink. Fasting is directly connected to food and drink. Abstaining is connected to things that are outside of food and drink that we walk away from for a season for the purpose of connecting back to the Father. And you may need to do some abstaining in this season, but I'm asking you to consider doing some fasting. And that might be fasting from a meal a day or challenging yourself and jumping into a Daniel fast. It might be doing a liquids fast or a juice fast. There's lots of them, and we're going to be talking about them and posting stuff about them over in our Discord. So if you're looking for more information or recipes, come and join us. Maybe you want to challenge yourself and say, I want to go a day or two on just water and really spend that time praying. I'm challenging you, and then I'm asking you to come and join us. Over the course of the next week at 8.30 p.m. every night, we're going to be live on Twitch praying with you. And every day in the morning, we're going to be posting prayer prompts on Discord and on Instagram for what we're praying for together as a community. There's fasting individually, and then there's communal fasting or uh, fasting as a group. And what I'm asking you to do is consider coming and fast with us as a group. To end January as we kick off 2023, to seek the face of God, to tap into the deep spiritual well, to be filled with peace and joy and understanding instead of running from one chaotic mess to the other that the world presents. If you're tired, if you just feel like, man, I just, I've been searching for something deeper. I know there's something out there. Then perhaps this fast is just the thing that you need in this season of your life. I'm asking you to join us this week to fast and to pray. And that's our next step. It's this. I will pray and fast with my church family this week. Hopefully, even if this isn't convincing or you feel like this isn't the time, you have decided that fasting wants to, you want fasting to become part of your regular spiritual rhythms. My honest goal in my heart is is not just so that a bunch of people won't eat food for a week. I could really care. We could all go on a diet this week. You know what? I'm not going to tell anybody about it. It doesn't matter to me. My heart and my goal is that we would be a church, a group of people that aren't pretending. I hope you know that. I hope hope you realize through all the preaching and all the teaching that I've done here at Lux and all the ways that I've poured out my heart that I'm not interested in pretending. I don't cut corners with you guys. I don't pull punches. I just tell you how I think it is. I'm honest about my faults and my flaws. I try to be transparent about the way that I live my life. I try to be just true and real with you. And my heart is, is that we would have a group of people that aren't a facade, that aren't pretending to be followers of Jesus, that aren't just pretending to be a church, that aren't just playing at this thing, but that we're in for real, that it really changes our lives. That if there is a God and that God's son is Jesus and he died for us and rose for us, 
that our lives would be radically changed as a product of that. That we would look different, that we wouldn't just be people who run from consuming one materialistic thing to the next, but that we would be a group of people that lived out of a deep well of spiritual life. That didn't just, that we didn't just pour out all the time. But that we stayed connected to the well and that we overflowed into the lives of the people that call Lux home and those who come to us on spiritual journey looking for truth and looking for hope. I hope you'll join that journey with me. For many of you, I know that'll be a first step. I'm excited to take it with you. I love you, Lux. Thanks for being here tonight. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for everything that you've done in and through Lux over the course of this month. I know that I've preached way too long and, uh, I thank you, God, that you are good and faithful, even if I preach for like 40 minutes. Um, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would fill us with your spirit this week, that we wouldn't just starve, but that we would connect deeply and intimately with you, Lord. Would you open up that well to us, that we would turn our attention to you, that we would take a break from consumption and instead realize that there are deeper and more important parts of us that are desperate for connection to you. Help us to be a group of people that live out of that deep well of spiritual life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community there. We're so thankful for you and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.